This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Yes, it is. It's the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Thanks for spending some time with me today. The NFL season is underway, isn't it? Boy, did that feel good last night. Did you do as I did and toggle between different networks coverage of the NFL's annual talent hunt? I, I had to because I am invested in so many of the different personalities, frankly, just you watch enough of them over the years. There are some traditions that never die, like ESPN. For me, that's where it all started back in the day of Mel Kuyper, the king of the Kuyper rifles, Count Chocula, and what he brought to the party as the first draftnik. Do you remember that word? I don't think it's part of the uh, nomenclature anymore. He's a draftnik. All of these Ivy League educated cats who can tell you who's going where and why it fits in from a salary cap standpoint and all the other good things. But the draft was very exciting last night, and uh, maybe I'll hit a couple of the media notes as we go. I did find it interesting today as I looked at different sites uh, and why they don't choose different language baffles me because you do not, and everybody qualifies it. All of the writers suggest you don't put grades on a draft the day of the draft. How can you grade? Then why are you doing it? Why do the headlines say grading night one of the draft? Stop saying that. And just use a more generic term, evaluating, you know, who did what. Uh, Maybe that's too verbose. I haven't spent a lot of time thinking about it, but I'm appalled by the idea of grades. And I saw only one negative grade attached to a first. Really, I think, unless I missed one, the Detroit Lions pick of Jack Campbell, the linebacker out of Iowa at 18, got a C-. minus on one of the grade that was as negative as anybody got the bears got a B plus for their selection of Darnell Wright. quite right. He's bloody well, right. And why did I not start with him? Let's go right to the bears and how much better they got last night. Time will tell whether Darnell Wright is going to be the monster in the NFL. He was in his last year at Tennessee while wearing jersey number 58. There's a short list for you. Great offensive tackles who wore jersey numbers in the 50s. I don't remember many in the modern era, the Super Bowl era. John Kolb of the Steelers, one of the uh, big, short-sleeved, big-bicep Steelers, a tackle 
Uh, that's, that's all I can remember. I'm sure if I thought about it more, I could come up with more, but that's not why you're here today. Darnell Wright is 6'6", 335 pounds. He was born in Huntington, West Virginia. He'll be 22 right around the time the Bears are playing their first preseason date. He was an August 10 baby just 22 years ago. Think about that for a second. He was born in 01. Yikes. Uh, This helps the Bears if he's a good player, obviously. But what it does from an economic standpoint is ensure the Bears some stability at the two critical positions on that offensive line, your left and right tackle. If Braxton Jones, the second-year player now out of Southern Utah, continues to develop, I thought he showed good feet. He needs to get stronger. He doesn't have a very good punch. Um, He gets his shoulders turned against some of the more powerful guys. He's not as stout, doesn't bend as well as you'd like him to. But for a first-year player, and especially a guy from a small school taken in the fifth round, I thought he acquitted himself quite nicely, to use a little football jargon or sports, acquitted himself. It's a stupid expression. I'll work harder at it on next year's draft coverage. But I think Braxton Jones, he's going to be under a rookie contract for several more years. You have the benefit of the same luxury at the right tackle position with Darnell Wright. And while the Bears remain a project that this is way too long has been the case, where guys are moving positionally. And guys who were high-round picks, like Kyle Long, who was taken 20th out of Oregon and was a project, and they weren't sure, is he a guard, is he a tackle? And he wound up being a guard. And you don't usually pick guards at number 20 and say, yeah, this was this was a good value pick. I think that's one thing you have to take into consideration when you grade a draft, when you evaluate it, is the value players or teams got for the players they picked. And there were surprises yesterday, like the Lions, who may have gotten the next great NFL running back in Jameer Gibbs out of Alabama at number 12. But the reach on Jack Campbell, no relation to the maniacal head coach of the Kitty Cats, Dan Campbell, just it's curious. And if you're a Lions fan today, you have to be scratching your head like, how much better are we, man? I don't know if this is the right way to go. A running back in this era, and two of them were chosen in the first 12 picks. That was a surprise. If you looked at the odds before the draft, you saw running backs over under on first round picks, 1.5, and they go over at the 12th pick mark when Detroit takes Gibbs out of Bama. The first player chosen, of course, the kid from Texas, Bijan Robinson, goes to the Falcons at number eight. And that set the scene for the next big move in Jalen Carter, and all eyes are going to be on the rookie out of Georgia, whose coaches did him no favors. It was unearthed. Ian Rappaport kept this. He hinted toward it leading up to the draft, but profootballtalk.com did not want to, in its words, bias the draft 
in any way, shape, or form by suggesting things it knew. And what it knew was Carter's coaches at Georgia were not big fans. And that's a dilemma college coaches face. You don't want to damage your credibility at the next level with pro teams, and you don't want to screw over any future picks. And when you're the Georgia staff, you're going to have NFL scouts constantly asking you questions. It's one of the biggest schools in the country for NFL talent. So you can't you can't put yourself in that position and sell a bill of goods and, and the guy busts out and he can't find his ass to the weight room and he does stupid things off the field. And there was no indictment on Jalen Carter. He initially lied to police in the drag racing accident that claimed two lives, including a Georgia staffer. It was uh, it was a terrible tragedy, but he was he was not indicted on anything. He, he his report to cops initially, if I remember correctly, was he said he was at a nearby apartment when he heard the crash. When that was not the case, he actually was had been participating in drag racing. Uh, that's, that's between obviously the nine and the 10, the bears trade down one slot. They, they get Darnell, right? Their tackle. And then in the division to follow the lions with their first of the two round picks, the running back, the Packers at number 13, take a real project. This is going to be fun to watch bears fans. Lucas Van Ness is called in the draft prospect guides all of the report they call him an edge rusher but he wasn't exclusively an edge rusher for the Hawkeyes this past year they moved him inside a lot he didn't possess a lot of the fundamentals as an inside player that he demonstrated on the outside he doesn't have the technique down he doesn't use short choppy steps when trying to get off blocks as a stout interior D lineman. As a pass rusher, he is more developed. However, he was not a dominant player. He's a very good player, but wasn't dominant. He's the guy who looks the best getting off the team bus, Packers fans. You'll be happy to learn, if you didn't know already, Lucas Van Ness has the nickname Hercules. He is a weight room creation. We'll see what he does at the next level. That is a risky move by the Green Bay Packers at number 13. The Minnesota Vikings made Kirk Cousins a happy man again last night. With the 23rd pick in the first round, the Vikings, as there is a run on wide receivers, beginning at number 20 with the Seahawks, and then the 21 the L.A. Chargers with the big guy, Quinton Johnston, out of TCU, the Ravens go Zay Flowers at 22, a wideout out of Boston College, and I'd forgotten to mention the Seahawks pick, Jackson Smith Najigaba of Ohio State, which is a very happy Geno Smith in Seattle last night. Same thing in Minneapolis with the Vikings and their fans. Jordan Addison out of USC comes in to support Justin Jefferson with the Vikings losing Adam Thielen, who had lost interest these last few years and a lot lost favor in that locker room. A lot of players did not think Thielen was playing when he could have played a couple of years ago, that he milked an injury to preserve himself contractually. And players understand that, 
But uh, so when, when it crosses that line and you hear, you know, grumbling, eh, what, what are they doing here? Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a reason for concern. Um, you know who I think really addressed a, a big need last night? And I don't know if if he's going to be the best of the offensive tackles taken. And with the Bears passing on Peter Skaronsky, the tackle from Northwestern, who got scooped up immediately afterward by Mike Vrabel and the Titans at number 11, then you get more tackles chosen uh, in what was supposed to be a, a decent top-tier tackle draft. The Steelers get help for their young quarterback, Kenny Pickett, and draft Broderick Jones, who's a tackle out of Georgia. Jeez, how many tackles taken it? Because Broderick Jones went 14th. So you have the Cardinals taking Paris Johnson uh, out of Ohio State with the sixth pick. Then you get the Bears taking right. That's two. You get Tennessee with Skaronsky three, and your fourth is Broderick Jones with the Steelers taking him. Four of your top 14 picks are offensive tackles. That's That tells you why the Bears were very iffy in choosing a guard in Kyle Long a few years back. What Darnell Wright means is... He is the sixth offensive tackle chosen by the Bears in the first round dating to 1983. You go back 40 years when Jimbo Covert, the last good one, was taken, the Hall of Fame-bound left tackle out of Pitt. The Bears have swung and missed at the tackle position invariably. First-rounders included Mark Colombo out of Boston College. Uh, that was after Stan Thomas, the first-round pick out of Texas, busted out the kid from Wisconsin Gabe Karimi who didn't like lifting weights apparently didn't want to thicken his gluteal region wasn't interested wanted to have a beach body they wanted an anchor tackle in Karimi he wasn't willing to do those things Kyle Long of course drafted as a tackle even though there was uh, he played guard most of his career and you had the Jerry Angelo selection, 07-08, Chris Williams. He was the 14th player chosen in the first round of that draft out of Vanderbilt and, and played very few games with the Bears and in his NFL career. He came into the league with terrible back problems. And that's another situation where coaches, you know, Vanderbilt different than Georgia. Yeah, SEC school as well, but. You don't have NFL scouts knocking on your door at Vanderbilt as often as you do at Georgia or Alabama. My God, Alabama, Ohio State, same old song and dance. Bryce Young goes at one to Alabama to the Panthers. Lots of luck with that. And lots of luck, Panthers fans, with Frank Reich as your headmaster. C.J. Stroud next to the Texans, Ohio State. The Texans, after making a deal with Arizona, also move up to get the third pick. So the second and third picks, Ohio State and Bama. So it goes Bama, Ohio State, Bama, and then Florida, Illinois, Ohio State. All these huge programs until you get to a bunch of Georgia Bulldogs who were chosen. And the Big Ten with some flavor as well, not just with the kid from Illinois, the first corner um chosen the Seahawks going with Devin Witherspoon uh, with the fifth pick 
in the first round. And I thought the Seahawks addressed some big needs last night. I thought the Seahawks definitely needed help at wide receiver, and they get that with the 20th pick, the Ohio State player whose name I struggled with earlier, and I'm not even going to attempt the last player chosen in round one, the Chiefs' new wide receiver out of Kansas State. Uh, His first name is Felix that's what I, and his last name is Azuma. Don't ask me to pronounce the middle name. I cannot do it. Georgia Bulldog heavy. The Eagles get another edge rusher late in the first round. The team that led the NFL in sacks last year, Philadelphia, adds a terrific late first round pass rusher out of Georgia, the best defensive team in college football last year, according to most. Nolan Smith is on board. Philadelphia had four guys with 10 or more sacks last year. Um, Random notes on last night's NFL draft. Christian Gonzalez is one of those bigger, taller, even though he's not a real thick guy, cornerback. The cornerback out of Oregon was expected to be a top 10 pick. He fell to number 17. You could see the disgust on his face last night. Not to the same level as Will Levis, the quarterback from Kentucky, who gets to spend another night free of charge in New York. Um, (laughs) I'm sorry, in Kansas City. Uh, Yeah, be all right if you were in New York. You'd get all kinds of trouble there. But the first corner, or not the first, but Christian Gonzalez falls all the way to number 17 to New England, you know, he's going to be a fun player to watch. The Bears were possibly going to take him. There were some draft, you know, uh, mocks that had him going to the Bears, as there were some with Lucas Van Ness, the questionable Hawkeye edge man who went to Green Bay. Man, this division got fun last night, didn't it, Bears fans? You got a right tackle in Darnell Wright. You got lots more picks to go over the next three days. And the division gets a great running back in Jameer Gibbs with Detroit, who will be complimented by former Bear David Montgomery, in case that news passed you by in the NFL's offseason. The Packers possibly with a mistake. I, I label Lucas Van Ness as one of the huge guessing games. I think because he's in Green Bay, that's going to make it so much more fun to watch. And then the Vikings getting help for Justin Jefferson with the addition of Jordan Addison. The division got really, really fun last night. The Bears have themselves bookend tackles, possibly, for the next half a dozen, seven, eight years. People throw out eight to ten years like that's the lifespan of football players, man, it, it, it isn't. And it doesn't really matter your position. Last thing I have on the draft before I get to the Baltimore Ravens doing what I didn't think they were going to do. Huge thing to watch this year is what happens in Indianapolis with Anthony Richardson, the combine quarterback with only a handful of collegiate starts at Florida. But boy, does he look the part. He convinces Chris Ballard and the Colts to go ahead and say, yeah, take me, take me. Is that from Shrek? Pick me. Donkey kept jumping up and down. Eddie Murphy's donkey and saying, pick me, pick me. So they pick him at number four. Woo. Colts are going to be interesting. Three quarterbacks in the top four picks last night with the uh, young Stroud and Richardson. 
I love this NFL. I didn't think Lamar Jackson would get uh, get Eric DaCosta, the Ravens general manager, to open up the uh, pocketbook the way he did. Open up the pocketbook, open up the checkbook, loosen up the uh, purse strings. You know those cliches. He gets five years and $260 million. 185 of it, however, is guaranteed only. That's going to be forgotten as it was with the Russell Wilson deal in Denver this past year. People tend to emphasize the total value of the contract when that's not what you should be looking at. Because if Russell Wilson busts out in Denver, he's not going to see more than $200 million. I think the figure was around 230 All he's been guaranteed is 165 by the Broncos. And Lamar Jackson is only guaranteed 20 million more by the Ravens. Based on that as a comp, I'd say it's Ravens friendly. I don't want to commit to Lamar Jackson long term, but I'd rather go into the season with Jackson than I would Russell Wilson, who was terrible last year. He looks finished. Jackson, however, in five years. Nah, no thanks. He already has taken so many beatings, and he missed a lot of time last year. They, You know, had he been healthy, maybe the Ravens make a deeper run. I I don't know, but I, I do know they got him some help at wide out last night with Flowers out of BC with the sec, uh, 22nd pick, and the news comes out appropriately to get all the Ravens fans excited. $185 million guaranteed I live with. I can live with I didn't think they'd do it. I thought they would come in firm on a three-year deal at around $40 million a year, which would have been paying him more than Deshaun Watson, who set the bar. I mean, unless you're talking Patrick Mahomes and is more than a half a bildo. 5.03 or 503, I think it is. <laughs> Closer to a bildo than he is. A, oh, my God. That's good money. But he's earning it. Looked good last night, didn't he? When he came out there with the over uh, overexposed Travis Kelsey. I was good with Travis Kelsey on Saturday Night Live. I'm ready for him to go away until September. I think it's a decent deal. I wasn't expecting the Ravens to do this. I thought they would hold firm to three years, forty million, maybe a little bit more, maybe go up to a hundred and forty, a uh, hundred and fifty. But they decide to guarantee him one hundred and eighty-five million dollars. Will he win a Super Bowl? I don't think so. I don't think any quarterback who runs first and passes second is going to win a Super Bowl. And one almost just did. Jalen Hurts who rushed for three touchdowns in the most recent Super Bowl, but came up short against the Chiefs 38-35. to Still, there has yet to be a run-first quarterback win a Super Bowl. Maybe it's coming, but until it does, I'm betting against it. And I, I'm betting it's going to be an interesting weekend. I hope you enjoy all of it. I'll be back Monday with more coverage, with final round coverage of the 2023 NFL Draft. Adam Delavid is Baby Capone from Bet Rivers Podcast Network, and I'm produced by Sam Michael, the very proud Highland Trojan. Have a great weekend. I'm Danny Mack. See you later. Thanks for listening to the Danny Mack Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.